0: the fantastic, wonderful, most misunderstood and least read book outside of the book of Numbers, probably because of the genealogy, the book of Leviticus, Levi, the priestly tribe. After the Hebrew people left Egypt, their exodus and began their new freedom and liberty When the tabernacle was given at the conclusion of the book of Exodus, God's glory descended upon that tabernacle. And now someone was required to serve in the tabernacle in the presence of God, the priest, Mm -hmm. sons of Aaron, the Levitical priesthood as LDS and the Mormons refer it. Levi, to serve before God. And so the book of Leviticus is like a code enforcement book, regulations, process, the daily grind of everyday work. The daily grind of everyday work, the holiness that's required for the priest, majority in the first 15, 16 chapters, and then for the average man the regulations as they're laid out for the people that attend the things of God and then to whom they speak. And that is the beauty of it. It is such a wonderful thing to see the distinction. But the distinction is very interesting because it's about separation. It's about meticulous detail, care, observation. It's about holiness. It's about sanctity. It's about cleanliness and how to address those things before God and then how that transfers in everyday life. Whether it was dealing with the temple, the presentation of the temple, how you address, same thing when you go to a job, you look for everything, your presentation, your hair, your clothing, your speech, your mannerisms, your posture, your resume. When I say the right things, look the right way, you want to appear proper. And after the 16th chapter, it deals with practical, what we might call secular holiness, not just the things related to ritual ceremony uh, with a religious connotation, but technically isn't everything technically religious, all life, the practicality of practical holiness, not just quote-unquote religious holiness, reading the Bible, praying, attending a service, those kinds of things. But there's practical holiness in how we deal with our animals, how we deal with our neighbor, how we deal with each other, how we deal with legal matters, how we deal with sexual matters, how we deal with food, how we deal with nature. I mean, when God made Adam and Eve, there was no temple in the garden. There was no sacrifice. There was no rising up and down in prayer three times a day. The reality is trying to teach man in his fallen state to live as he was intended in his original state. Just live. Everything. God is not compartmentalized for only a Bible reading or only a prayer service or a gospel choir sing fest. It's every day in life. Washing your clothes in a laundromat. Washing your car putting hoofs on your cow or your horse. I don't know. Every aspect of your life, the daily walk, the beauty of Leviticus that I love is the meticulousness of the care that God, a father, a shepherd does, just as you do with your children. Are you not concerned with every aspect of their life? You're even concerned with who they date and how that's going. You're concerned with every aspect of their life, how they eat, how they dress, who their friends are where they hang out, if they hang out at all, what their interests are, every aspect of their life. That's our father. The beauty of Leviticus, when you read it, is to see how meticulously involved and caring the father was with everything that concerns you. Not just a sacrifice by some religious ceremony on one day of the month or several times a year in big Fire, smoke, and booming voice with reverb from heaven. No, that's Hollywood's version. And that's not the God of the scripture. Holiness and the secular life and the sacred, it's its not separated, folks. How you wash your dishes, that matters. You've gotten in an argument. I can tell you're mad at me. What do you mean? I see the way you're putting the dishes in the dishwasher. <laughs> You've had those conversations. I can tell the way you're just slamming things down on the counter, the way you put the groceries in the refrigerator. You're angry. All of these things telling us our body posture, the words we choose, the speed in which we speak, the tone in which we speak. Isn't Leviticus giving you all those wonderful things, those details, the things that you notice? how you set a fork down, but didn't they teach that in curtsy schools in England? How to sit properly, how to tilt the head right. It's amazing. The details. We apply these things in science. We apply these things in social relationships, but when it comes to God, we tell him, oh, that's off limits. Why? And I I know why most of you hate Leviticus. Think about it. Because intuitively innately it's too involved in every aspect of your life you don't mind god on sunday morning at a prayer or communion or go sit with your wife who's dragged you to church you men and not really interested in god then do your hell marys your rosary your prayers your communion whatever and then back to your life but you don't want god involved in your business your home your outings with your friends your hunting trips your off road trips, your skating, your snowboarding, your surfing, your science, your video games, your art. You don't want him involved in that. He, he's over here for a moment. Crazy. Leviticus is a picture, a prophetic picture. It is scripture. And it shows where man was at that time in history, when the Lamb of God was not yet revealed, but symbolized. And the offerings, the cleanliness is carried on, should it not be, in all areas of our life. Grace is not an opportunity to do less for God. Grace is an opportunity to do even more. Are you not motivated to do even more? Are you not motivated to do even more because of his grace, not an an excuse to give God less or to sin more? Because your wife gives you forgiveness and she's very forgiving, do you go out and have more affairs when she's more strict about where you are and when you come home and who you're with? Do you say, well, honey, if you would just get off my back, I wouldn't have so many affairs. And then your wife says, Well, honey, you know what? I'm just going to give you grace. Just going to, it's okay. Do you use that as an occasion to hang out with more women? Think about it. So many Christians have such an ill conceived idea of what the word of God is. The Jews don't, they get it. So they definitely will be judged by God more harshly. At least you Christians have an excuse. You're ignorant of the word of God, ignorant of the scripture and what it means, its essence, its origin, its antiquity its intent. I get why you don't get it. Jews don't meet people and ask, oh, which synagogue you go to? They are tutored under the same Torah, the scripture, only the Christians. You can talk to a Christian for an hour on the street about Jesus and the faith, and they will they will run from you if you don't tell them what church they go to. They're religious pagan worshipers of temples and buildings, the opposite of what Jesus did when he rent the temple veil. Vale. Avoid them. Become sons and daughters of God and live properly. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi, son of God, incarnate, the promised Messiah. If anybody can teach some of you ill fated Christians, it's a Jew how to understand a book that's their book, not yours. Sad for your ignorance. I find it offensive, and so does the Father. It is not difficult to understand the book of Leviticus when you understand anyone who attempts to study and knows the heart of God. The biblical revelations are obvious and the instructions show the care, the love and the detail with which your heavenly father cares about every aspect of your life and mine. How we live, how we eat, how we marry, where we live, what we do with what he's given us. The care of this world was put into the hands of man. Is he not concerned with every aspect of what you do with that? Don't be offended by that book. Be inspired and motivated. Let it infuse you, excite you, and inspire you. What details, Father? I think about it all the time. I'm looking at my desk right now, and it's in quite disarray. Leviticus would rebuke me for that. And and guess what? I'm not happy with that at all. Need to get my desk in order. Need to get my house in order. Because order is light. It brings peace and revelation. When we're sick, when we're depressed, when we're troubled, when we're overburdened, we let things go, don't we? Leviticus is a reminder not to let things go. If it matters in the big, it matters in the little. And the little is where the big starts. It's a wonderful book. God cares. There are consequences in all the little things we do. Read, see, ask the Spirit to reveal more to you. Just about how those principles. And those teachings and those codes and those regulations allow us to look at our own present-day life and see how the Lord never changes. These things make us better, not bitter. And not better than, but different than those who walk. Different than what he's instructed. Be priest unto the Lord, for you are.